Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It's Saturday, May 14th, 2022. Let's talk about Jamel Charlo's victory over Brian Costato. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Let me also say every second of this video, I want the people of the city of Buffalo to know you're on my mind. My prayers are with you. Also in the NBA, real quick, gamblers need to realize that the team that's best positioned right now, this will change over time, but right now the team that's best positioned with two game seven set for tomorrow and with Golden State surviving Memphis, right? That game was close until about halfway through the fourth. And with uh, Golden State not knowing whether they're going to be on the road against Phoenix or at home hosting Dallas, understand the team that if you want to add to the futures position right now that's best situated are the Miami Heat. They know they're going to be home. Right, Milwaukee depleted, Chris Middleton out, right? Let's face it, uh, Boston, that's a dogfight. Robert Williams not playing every night. Uh, Miami right now has a great opportunity. You're getting better than four to one odds on the futures market right now. And folks, they're already in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's talk boxing. Masterful performance by future Hall of Famer. Jamel Charlo, right? Understand, folks, this guy has only lost once in his career, right? This guy now has four belts at 154 pounds, right? This guy, the one guy he lost to, he avenged that loss. He's kind of like Lennox Lewis, only beaten by someone who he avenged. And in this fight, against the Brian Castano, who came in with even more volume than the first fight. Charlo puts together three and a half rounds of sheer brilliance. So brilliant that I'm not even sure if he fully understands how badly hurt, and I mean hurt, Brian Castano was, right? As brilliant as the 10th round was, understand this fight could have ended three rounds earlier. Let's talk about it. Now, first, just the knockdown in the 10th round, the first one, right? Understand, Castano had had success with that straight right hand, right? He has success with it, and he's advanced with it. He's even leading the combination with that straight right hand. Castano, usually effective with the left hook, has reconfigured his style for the rematch. Here's the catch. Castano needs space to throw that straight right hand. Right, He needs space for it. When you look at the knockdown, what I want you to realize is that, and I believe this is intentional, this is what separates champions from contenders. Jamel Charlo smothers the right hand. 
prevents Castano from throwing it by using his head, right? He sticks his head. His head is blinding Castano. It's right up on Castano. He's too close to be hit with the straight right. Castano doesn't have the room to throw the straight right. And that's when, for all intents and purposes, the fight ends. Because Charlo is able to shift his weight. And as Castano tries to back away a little bit, that's when, in a very tight window, Charlo's able to land a left hook right on Castano's face. Castano even has a guard up, right? Talk about squeezing it in the window. Charlo hits him right here with the left hook. Castano pauses for a second and then hits the canvas. Let me say this. I thought the ref did a great job the rest of the fight. But Castano's done when he hits the canvas, folks. This fight's over. When Castano gets up, could you possibly look worse than he looked? Right, folks? He can barely stand. The referee at one point says to him, worse to the effect of, hey, step to me. And Castano looks as lost as Anthony Joshua did when he got up and the ref said the same thing to him in the Andy Ruiz fight. Somehow the ref lets the fight continue. Understand at that point, Castano's just operating on pride, right? He has a poker face, and that's very important. He has a poker face. He's badly hurt, folks. He's finished. So understand, as Charlo steps forward, Castano, the consummate front foot heavy guy, has to go on his back foot. Right? So then, of course, Charlo is able to land what looked like a jab. Right? After getting his right hand blocked by Castano, who has his hands up trying to protect himself. But then Charlo's able to land a jab. In the post-fight interview, he thought it was an uppercut. Right? It comes in at an odd angle. Then with Castano processing slowly because he's dazed and confused, right? He has his hands up here. Charlo's able to end the fight completely with a left hook to the body. In a very close fight, Charlo breaks out, wins the 7th, 8th, ninth rounds. Right? In other words, he wins the prior three rounds before the 10th. And then, of course, in the 10th, he closes the show with two knockdowns. But what I want people to do, the forensic types among us who need to figure out exactly how a fighter won and what the fighter could have done differently, what I want them to do is to look at a couple of moments, right? Fourth round. Understand, Charlo comes out, he definitely wins the first two rounds. The third round, controversial, right? The people on the telecast gave it to Charlo. I gave the third round to Castano. The fourth round, understand, the last punch Charlo throws at the bell badly hurts Castano. He's badly hurt. You can tell by the way his head snaps back. He was unprepared for the shot. 
But understand, this is a guy with a poker face. The round has just ended. So you notice he turns and goes to his corner. I thought he looked shaken. He looked shaken like Devin Haney looked when he got clocked at the end of a round by Jorge Linares. Well, Charlo is landing flush shots. Castano looks like he's walking through them. I believe that convinced Charlo, especially since it's the second fight and the guy's still taking all of his shots, that Castano could take his punch. He starts believing in Castano's poker face. So we get to the seventh round. Folks, Charlo gets off a great left in the seventh round. It's a spectacular left. It's as good as any punch Charlo lands in the fight. It's spectacular. Castano gets hit with it in the face. And Castano, of course, takes a step back and has that poker face. I believe Charlo, who was upset that he didn't follow up on some shots in the second round and the 10th round of the first fight, did not realize that had he just stepped in the pocket instead of stepping away from the pocket, because Charlo is trying to stay off the ropes, right? He's engaging, then he's moving. Had he been a little bit more adaptive, reactive, had he been more aware of the situation, he would have realized that Castano was done in the seventh round. I mean, done. You look at the replay, Castano gets hit, his face, while he has the poker face, you can tell it's a bluff, right? His whole body moves away. Folks, he's done. Had Charlo been more aware, Charlo could have just stepped forward, mixed in a little Tyson Fury, hit him with a shot, then pushed him. Castano would have hit the canvas. Right? Understand, this fight's a bit of an optical illusion. Right? Castano gets hit with bombs in different rounds, is badly hurt from at least the fourth round. By the way, tribute to Castano that on my card he wins the fifth and sixth rounds. Right? But Castano's badly hurt in the fourth round. He's finished in the seventh round to the point where when Charlo goes to his corner, and keep in mind, Charlo backs away. You can tell it's a predetermined back away. In other words, Charlo knows he's just landed a big punch, but he's been conditioned by and fooled by Castano's poker face. So even though Castano is there shelled, it's Charlo who calls off the dogs in the seventh round. So he goes back to his corner. Understand, the guy in his corner is Derek James, former trainer of the year. He trains another guy, Errol Spence. Right? Derek James trains closers. Right? Charlo himself is a closer. Derek James says to him, because James saw it, right? The guys on the telecast note that the punch was big time, but they don't realize the fight should have ended in the seventh round. Derek James says to his fighter, can't hurt him. 
and then just watch him. <laughs> you know, Derek James is trying to convince his fighter who ironically, after the fight, says, oh, what was different in this fight? I listened to my quarter, right? He should have fully heard what his trainer said at the end of the seventh round. Again, Derek James says to him, can't hurt him and then just watch him. The fight should have ended. So what I believe happened in this fight is Castano regains consciousness. I mean, I believe he's done, folks. You know those fights where a guy gets hit with a bomb and then the guy's like, where am I? What just happened? Who is this guy? You know, I believe Castano was there in the seventh. So, of course, Castano gets back on his front foot, but understand he's diminished. He's outboxed by Charlo in the next two rounds, the eighth and ninth rounds. So then we get to the tenth, and understand at this point, Charlo's in with a diminished fighter. Right? At this point, when they're in close, Charlo doesn't have to fully cover up. Rather, Charlo can stick his head right in Castano's face, wait for Castano to start to back away, then close the show with the left hook. So dominant performance, Charlo delivers, right? The pre-fight video is still up. Uh, just to understand, if these guys fought a third time, I believe Charlo would have the upper hand then too. Let me also say that it was interesting. Castano wanted to fight inside. Be careful what you wish for. Understand, Castano inside, up close, can hit you hard. With a left hook. But up close, he can't hit you as hard with the straight right hand. I know Castano's straight right hand was arguably his best punch during the fight. But again, he needed spacing for it. This was the fight where, as Charlo looks at the film, he's going to realize he could have crowded that straight right hand the entire fight. It was interesting, too, another development happened. Here you had Castano trying to shorten the distance between himself and Charlo. But you notice that as Castano would back away from the pocket, it was Charlo who was routinely ending the up-close conflicts with counterpunching. Right, Charlo seemed to have Castano's retreat timed. Understand, sometimes it was Charlo who caused Castano's retreat. He'd be moving away, right? And Castano would realize he had to readjust to stay inside, and that's when Charlo would hit him with shots. So dare I say, in a fight where Castano was trying to shorten the distance, when he did, the guy who was the better counterpuncher deep in the pocket wasn't him. It was Jermel Charlo. So Charlo, who has fewer losses than Canelo, right? Understand, you don't fully get the era until you look back on it. Charlo, who became the first man to beat Erickson Lubin. Right, Charlo, who came in the fight with more belts 
Then Castano now has all the major belts at 154. Right, folks? He's in the hall. He's been dominant for a long time. On the telecast, they keep telling you, hey, you know, Charlo's really not a big-time body puncher. Somebody tell that to Jason Rosario. Somebody tell that to Brian Castano after he got hit with a body punch that ended this fight. Right? Let me also say, too, that I know to lay people, you know, it looks like an aggressive guy who can bum rush you and who's going to be constantly coming after you is going to make a great fighter. Right? Jamel Charlo in this fight showed you that to be at the highest levels, you need a back foot, right? Understand the only time you really see Castano on his back foot is in the 10th round after he gets off the canvas, is dazed and confused, and has to be on his back foot because he realized at that point, after fighting Charlo for 12 rounds and then Nine and a half rounds. He understood that hurt. He had no business being in the pocket against Jamel Charlo. Right? Just understand, Charlo, as big a puncher as he is, and that left hook is magnificent. Right? As big a puncher as he is, spends most of this fight on his back foot, and people need to understand that's not just backing away. Here he has a determined front foot guy, and Charlo is making sure that he's going parallel to the ropes. He's making sure that he always has an exit route. He's making sure that he has that extra left hook so that it's the last punch of the deep in the pocket interaction as he then pirouettes away from the pocket. Masterful performance. I definitely gave Charlo the first two rounds. Right? The next four rounds, I gave Castano at least three of them. I'll leave it up to you, the viewer, as to whether Castano is ahead 4-2 at the end of six. It's academic because Charlo then wins the seventh, wins the eighth, wins the ninth, and wins the tenth. He might not realize it right now. He doesn't mention it in his post-fight video in his vote fight comments. But he really wins this fight in the seventh round. Right? He hits Castano so hard that I believe Castano spends part of the eighth and ninth rounds in which he's being thoroughly outboxed, recovering from the shot he took in the seventh round. The shot that had his own trainer saying can't hurt him and then just watch it. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. Masterful performance by Jamel Charlo. People need to recognize the talent level. Let me also say, too, that certain fights elevate both fighters. I know I've been critical of Brian Castano in this video. This fight, like the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight, has raised the profiles of both men. Right? Let's also talk about what it means for boxing. Errol Spence was ringside. Errol Spence said that he wants to fight Terence Crawford this year. Spence himself pointed out that he had more belts 
than Terrence Crawford at 147 pounds. Just understand that if, for whatever reason, that Spence Crawford fight doesn't happen, I'd love to see, love to see, whatever the titles are at stake, Crawford against Jabal Charlo. I think that fight would be a little bit different than this one, in part because Crawford's a southpaw. Right? But just to understand, that fight would be between two Hall of Famers. Right? Let me point out, too, that if I were Crawford, obviously the punch I would be focusing on stopping would be Jamal Charlo's left hook. Let's go one step further. Golovkin is about to leave 160 to fight Canelo at 168. Right? I assume the Charlo brothers like the Klitschko brothers. Right? Boxing doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Might not fight each other. In the post-fight interview, Charlo, in his moment of victory, in his moment of conquering the four sanctioning bodies, at 154, felt a need to say that he might move up to 160. Player, now's the time. <laughs> if Golovkin, who's 40, leaves the division, you know, Jamal Charlo would be fascinating at 160, right? It would be a second act, just like 147 is Terrence Crawford's second act. You have a lot of guys around 160. You just saw Ryota Murata in a very spirited fight give Kolovkin a match. You also have guys like Rob Brand, a guy who previously beat Ryota Murata before losing the rematch. Let's just say 160 outside of Jamal Charlo, the hitman, has some interesting names. Right? If I'm Jamel Charlo, after conquering 154, I'm not hanging around for Sebastian Fundora. <laughs> What's the point there? Keep in mind, too, Fundora is tall. It changes the angles on Charlo's left hook. Right? I'm not hanging around for that. I've already beaten Erickson Lubin. Been there, done that. Right? At, at this point... I might dare history. Go up to 160. Make it a world tour. Go to Japan. Face Ryota Murata. Right? You know, fight these other guys at 160. Since Canelo left the division, let's face it, 160 has floundered a little bit. We know the guys at 168. We, of course, have just been treated to brilliance at 154. Obviously, we know the guys at 147. Canelo's last fight has shined a light on 175, right? And, of course, the Joe smith Paterbia fight is going to make that light even brighter. 160 right now needs new blood. How about a Hall of Famer giving it a go? That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.